0: Jetty's Gripes, Jetty's Gripes, you get another episode of Jetty's Gripes, Jetty's Gripes. Jet, why do you have so many gripes? You're supposed to be having fun in the mountains. Because there are bad people everywhere. And as the Gripe Master General, I must tell you where they are and who they are and why. And then at the end, I'll our it. I'll read your rainbow and I'll tell you why it makes a difference and why it matters. And it's up to you whether or not you believe that's the case. This is episode 106, and I'm glad I get to bring it to you again from Mammoth. I witnessed things in the last 24 hours that made me gripeful, a little bit angry, not so happy, and I want to share it with you. And I think I want to share it with you because if you're this person who does this, as I say at the end, you must stop. And if you're a person who's had this done to you, it's okay to tell them it's not okay. This is not a repeat episode of 102. It has the same theme, but this is a story. I wanna say of a lovely lady, but it's not. The Brady Bunch. It's Jetty's Grapes. No, it's not, it's Jetty's Gripes. I hate grapes. That's also a gripe about a grape. So without further ado, I bring you to that episode with a little jingle right now. Thanks for listening. You that zipper? That's authentic. That's the beautiful and the talented Gina Dunlap coming out of our tent, the lower half of our tent because we have an overland trailer setup that we've built. The bottom part of the tent is an annex that attaches to a rooftop tent. And if you are lucky, I will put that in the picture. The picture of the, not the last episode, I think 104, is a stylized photo of the fuse box in my FJ Cruiser that had the problem with the fuse that went out to the alternator when the polarity of the battery got reversed. We have to do our work, my school work, which is taking up about two or three hours a day because I'm doing a screenwriting class that requires me to write believe it or not, screenwriting, writing, that makes sense. And then I'm doing something that is a little less exciting, and that is a human resource management course towards my business degree. But I have to write a lot, and then we have to go to the general store, as I was mentioning a second ago, to upload material through Wi-Fi. I believe it was episode 102 where I said, don't you mistake weakness for kindness. And some of you were thinking, Jet... That was profound. You took me one way. I thought you meant the saying the other way, but uh, there you go. You rope a me. I had to talk to you right now because I have to go over this again. Can you believe that? Mistaking weakness for kindness. I'm about to tell you a tale that uh, even now I'm a little jittery because old Jet, his fists are tense and his neck hair is up. I don't have back hair, but, you know, my hair is up. What do they call that? I don't know what they call that. Yeah, I am mad. But I'm able to restrain myself, and here's why I'm mad. Last night, Gina and I were doing what we do every night. We have our little fire. She had made some delicious oven-top pizza, or stove-top pizza. And I'm saying it was delicious because I love my wife. It was terrible, but it wasn't her fault. It was the fault of the kind of vegetarian pizza we got. We went with American style as opposed to Sicilian. Right there, you should know that was a horrible mistake. Pizza's not from America, Jet, you jerk. But diversity is the spice of life or something and we had to try something new. Didn't come out the way it did last time. Gina promises me she will make up for it. Not that she needs to, but uh, Jetty does he like uh, the pizza. We're sitting around the fire, we're talking. Just the other night, I was struck by inspiration, and uh, I discovered a new script inside of me, one that is just tremendous. One that I've been toying around with for a long time, a concept that I have kind of had a passion for or a appreciation for in a kind of poetic way for a long time. And I'm not going to go into it yet, but when it becomes more of a fully formed idea that I want to share, the outline's already done, I will let you know. This is not why I'm mad, though. Just talking to you guys, because you're such good listeners, calms the savage beast that I am. I'm also right near a river. My wife is wearing just gorgeous clothes, and my little doggy is tucked out. A lot of good things going on, but let me tell you what happened. After we were around the fire last night, Gina and I went to bed. We have a tendency to go to bed a little earlier around here because of that, uh, what's it called, that rhythm you know what's that rhythm that you get? Bio-rhythm or something? Circadian. Circadian rhythm. Uh, it's kind of dance, I believe. So the Sarcassian Sarkezi- rhythm, which was... The Sarcassians were a Star Trek clan, uh, like the Cardassians, and they were after us. No, you get into that rhythm of sun up, sun down kind of stuff, right? The sun hits the side of the tent, and it is a blazing fire. You got to get up and go do your thing, and then at night it gets a little cold and you want to go to bed. We go to bed. You cannot come into this campsite after check-in time, and quiet time is 10 p.m. And there's a gentleman here who I've known for the last five years. He's an ex-Marine. He's probably in his late 60s, and his name is Dennis, and he does not mess around. If you make noise, he's going to get on your case. Have I been on the business end of that? No, I'm a responsible adult. My rapscallion days are behind me for the most part, hopefully. Little disclaimers in there, but I hope. He and I get along great, but he's an enforcer. However, last night, a reserved site, you can do that just like you can a hotel, the folks that had reserved the site were there the day before. Stay with me. They had a family. They left early, but they paid for the night they didn't stay so they could leave the site at a time they wanted. So check out now because COVID is 11 a.m. They left around 1 or 2, but the site was still unoccupied. These... Saying the word jerk really isn't enough. These garbage people from the land of garbage pulled up in their Rubicon Jeep with their giant floodlights on, even though everyone has gone to sleep out here. It's a fishing campsite. People wake up early. Families are here. It's a Saturday now. It was a Friday last night. They pull into a site that's not theirs, that's reserved for someone else, and they start to set up. Well, don't worry, guys, right? You're thinking, the hero of this story, Dennis, the ex-Marine, we found out about five minutes ago, well, he's going to sweep in, maybe in a kind of paratrooper way, and snap their necks, and then Jet's going to go to sleep and enjoy watching the crows peck their carcasses. That's not how it happened. Dennis went over and told them that they couldn't stay there. They stayed there anyway. I put in my earplugs, and I said, It's okay, Jet. This isn't your fight. You don't need to go over there and beat them up. was about five of these idiots. They had a yappy dog. Our dog's not yapping. This dog was smaller than our dog, and our dog is nine pounds. They started talking. This went on till 2 a.m. I talked to you recently about, not mistaking, weakness for kindness. Everything inside of me. Was raging. I was laying in bed with my earplugs in and every little word, every little flash of the flashlight on my tent, I thought, I'm going to tear you apart. Limb from limb and do it slowly so I can enjoy myself. Because I was mad. They're keeping my wife up. They're keeping me up. I'm a huge fan of both those people. But I said, Jet... You're not in charge of this campsite. They're not at your site. Tomorrow you will tell Dennis what happened and retribution will be swift and severe. I was assuming that whole bird pecking on their carcass thing would happen. Have you been here? Where you have to go over to that neighbor and go, Shut up. I got work tomorrow. I used to have this rule in my 30s, which I still am in, but let's say I'm in my late 30s now, where I said, I used to be aroused about, I'm not going to give people a hard time for partying because I partied in my 20s. I've lost that. I've given people enough patience. But these guys were so rude, five of them, just making as much noise as they possibly could, laughing and joking. Now, these coked up garbage people... The next morning i called him coked up because that's the only way this would work they stayed up till about 2:14. you're saying about 2:14, jet that sounds like you were logging the moment they stopped talking you bet i was oh man the plans i had to go over there but no one wants to end up in mono county jail instead of out in the eastern sierra nevada mountain range and it wasn't my fight okay next day i go over to uh well i didn't actually go over to our good friend dennis Our polite, sweet neighbors from South America, who are probably a little older than me, not that you asked, and they have a young child. They said, hey, what's that solar panel on the front of your car? I have a 120-watt solar panel that goes across my windshield of my rig that powers our battery. We have a bunch of other solar-powered devices, one that feeds off the back of our FJ and then one on the trailer. I want to over explain myself and then when Dennis is driving by in his golf cart, I say, "Excuse me folks, I need to talk to Dennis. Remember Dennis is the ex-marine, the guy who's going to save the day." I say, "Hey Dennis. I noticed that at that site those folks still have their tent, the people who came in the last night but their car is gone. This is why I said they're on cocaine. They stayed up past 2 a.m. and they were gone before 5 a.m. What kind of monsters are these?" They made noise in the 2 a.m. and they made noise in the 5 a.m. I was out using the restroom at the time. So uh, an official restroom. I never pee in the woods. That's for a degenerate. I would never do that. I go to an official licensed restroom. So they're gone. And I say, Dennis, they were up till 2.14, around 2.14. Dennis is a Marine, and he understands that I mean exactly 2.14. For him, it's military time, so that would be sometime after 1,400, 1,400 hours. Yeah, I think so. And I say, hey, Dennis, this is pretty frustrating. Dennis says he has a bone to pick with them because there are people who have reserved the site who are not those jerk a-holes whose tent is still up there. He says, I got to find them. Checkout is 11 o'clock. This is around, I don't know, let's say 8. Don't, you know, look this up. There may be some issues linearly, time-wise. 9 o'clock rolls around, 10 o'clock rolls around, 11 o'clock rolls around, and these jerks still aren't here to check out. Dennis and the other campground manager are walking around trying to sanitize the site. They have to do that because it's a COVID year, and I'm thinking, Oh, baby, these old men are going to give them the business. These jerks will rue the day they messed with these campground hosts because if anyone knows, campground hosts are the real heroes out there. That and service dogs. 11 o'clock, Gina and I are going around, we're working out here, go for a walk, come back. It's pushing towards one. Now, one is check-in. Something really funny happens. A giant trailer is being pulled into this site. There's something called We Park It, You Sleep In It. That's not what it's called, but that's what it is. They'll park the trailer here for you. So the people who had the site reserved that evening, Gina just told me it's Adventures in Camping, not a sponsor. So they start pulling the trailer in for the folks who actually reserve the site, not the dirtbag, a-hole, garbage people who were here the night before, but the God-fearing, work-a-day heroes of this country who pay their taxes and treat their children right. Those folks were having a trailer dropped off. Now, this trailer was too big, so the guy who was dropping it off sat there trying to get it in, and I thought, okay, this is great. So when this Rubicon jerk comes back, there's going to be a trailer there, and... All his stuff so he won't be able to get his car in to get all his stuff out he had a tent set up you know as much as he could possibly do to shine the flashlight near my sight and be as loud as he possibly could until 2am i don't know what we should call this jerk it'll come to me in a minute he's the devil peter let's call him peter so this jerk who's going by the name peter there was a guy I used to know whose name was peter and i hated him too that's why i'm doing it so if your name is peter i'm sorry i don't hate you yet I'm not sorry that I don't hate you yet. I'm just saying I'm sorry if that's your name. It's not you. It's someone else. So the trailer's in the driveway, and I'm thinking now the people who are rightfully i already told you the God-fearing, tax-paying, children-loving people, they're going to be here soon, and they're going to have to pull up to their site with the trailer that's too big, and they're going to be furious. They're going to be like me. Or even if they're not like me, they're going to be like you, at least. Maybe you're not a psycho. But they're going to go, wait a second, I paid to reserve this site, I paid to reserve this trailer. I come over here, the trailer's too big, my car barely fits in there. They had two cars, one of them has to be parked in the overflow, so they shouldn't be happy. It's like the uh, Who's down in Whoville. They didn't have schmog-schmog-bulls and plang flam bulls and yet they still sang. So they show up, and they seem okay. Even though their entire site is occupied by some dirtbags who went to another lake, this is what Dennis was telling me, and aren't back. Now, I really don't want to tell you this entire story in real time, and it's getting darn close to being that way. This is another episode of Jetty's Gripes, Jetty's Gripes. This is an episode of Jetty's Gripes, but there's a point at the end. This is a tale with a point. Okay. So this guy and his family is there, and this is a tough gentleman. He's got a big beard, and I'm thinking he's going to knock this Peter guy, the Rubicon fellow who we just named, the jerk, the dumpster fireman, He's gonna knock him out when he gets here because him and his whole family, the people who are actually supposed to be here, they're pushed to the side because this tent is still there. Guys, Jean and I went over to the general store to do our work, okay? School work, screenwriting, and then some other work with photography, business stuff, and to upload these shows. Okay, I see the Rubicon. I forgot to tell you that when they were pulling in, they had all their lights on. I did tell you that, but they came up to Gina because she was coming back from the restroom and nearly blinded her. Guys, I'm such an adjusted person. I keep saying guys. I should say guy and guy. I am such an adjusted person that those people's bodies are not corpses right now. That's how adjusted I am. But can you hear the rage and venom in my mouth? I have so much venom in my mouth right now. If I bit them, they'd die. My legs are rattling like a snake. That's how angry I am at their existence. We're over there and I see these guys show up at 6 p.m. They didn't pay for the site the night before, let's recap. They got in here at 10 o'clock, they stayed till two, they left at five, their stuff has been there the whole time. A different family's trailer is there, the family is there, they're pushed aside because this jerk, let's call him Peter, all his stuff is still there and they're pulling it at 6 p.m. And we see them from the general store. So we come back and I go, here comes the battle the clash of the titans this peter guy is going to learn a lesson that clearly he needed to learn his jeep the way it's down up is probably around eighty thousand dollars worth of gear he seems like a guy who needs to learn a lesson just one of those i'm going to say it i can't a-holes oh i don't want to say a hole i want to say a lot more but you know i want everyone to hear this (laughs) not everyone i want this guy to hear it so i'm thinking he's going to get the business Gina and I come into our tent, we're changing, and the Rubicon finally shows up to this site, this site that is now occupied by this family. I'm reiterating this because I think you're driving and you're only half listening, but I don't want you to miss a minute of this detail. So he comes up and I'm thinking, they are going to trounce him. I see this all in my mind's eye. The mental movie is playing out and there is a ton of blood. This is a Quentin Tarantino level bloodbath, and I'm just going to smile. This doesn't happen, guys, because my episode about mistaking weakness for kindness resonated in the way the situation resolved. The guy whose site this was, who paid for it, all that stuff, the dude with the family, had packed up these people's stuff. These jerks didn't pay for a site, stayed out all day, and the campground ghost didn't... Campground ghost? There's no campground ghost. Why'd you say that? The campground host didn't even have a chance to come over and confront these guys. They got a free site for all that time. They kept everyone up. They occupied my brain all day long, and they don't get to rent space in my brain for free. No one does. They kept the time of the campground hosts. They interfered with the enjoyment of this family, and that family was polite to them and like joking with them because they were so afraid of confrontation. Now, would the right thing have been to just take a tire iron to their face? <sighs> for legal reasons, no. That's an immature decision. No one would do that. It's not something I would picture. I would not wear a necklace of their teeth afterwards and dance on their grave. That's just not who I am. But was that the thing that was supposed to happen? No, that never plays out in life. That person you hate that you want eliminated, that doesn't happen. But at least I thought this guy would go off on him. He did nothing. He helped them put it in the car. This guy across Who's there right now? Do you think he's sweet to everyone? I've seen him and raised his voice with his kids. He was sweet to these people because they pacified him by their steamrolling, by their abuse. These people, Peter, the Rubicon fellow, the garbage person, the king of the garbage people, he is what corporations do to us. And I'm not going to go into this too much, but steamrolling. He was such an uh a-hole that he was allowed to do so if you leave this site five minutes after 11 you can get yelled at by the campground hosts if you follow the rules and you come in here a little early you can get yelled at by a campground host but if you show up at 10 p.m at a campsite that is not yours reserved for someone else you stay up till 2 a.m drinking and blowing coke wake up at 5 a.m leave the campsite that you were told you had to vacate in the morning with all your stuff come back at 6 p.m the next day keeping the people who are there on half their site, annoying the uh, campground hosts, you get away with it. Why am I telling you this whole story? This must end. I'm not trying to build an army of people who go out there and beat people up for wronging them. No, I'm trying to say that when you are wronged, you must stand up for yourself. And this is not an episode that I, I always say I didn't want to do it. I guess I wanted to do it. I turned on the thing and I pressed record. But here's the point, guys. I'm not going to be arrogant and say I know this guy across and what's going on in his head. He could be the, whatever it is, 12th incarnation of the Dalai Lama. And in that case, everything makes sense. But in case he's not, he needed to say something. The campground host needed to say something. Why? Is this just my ego? No. I'm going off my friend Master Eckhart Tolle who said, if someone serves you cold soup, you can tell them, please heat this. This soup is cold. Now, I put a little, you know, spin on that. I've been a little more colorful. But someone needs to tell someone like this, hey, a-hole, this isn't okay. Why did I not do it? It wasn't my fight. And this was so hard. Because in many other circumstances, I would do this. I would trounce the guy. I would confront him in a way that would make him quiver and piddle down his leg because he is a coward. The other day we were on a path, we were doing a hike, and these electric bicycles that weigh 40 to 50 pounds, sometimes even as heavy as 70, which makes it not to 50 pounds, to 70 pounds, were whizzing down this trail. And we were walking with a friend and this guy almost ran into her dog. And I saw him, but I didn't have a chance to say anything because he was going about 25 miles per hour. My wife was with me too, so (laughs) I was also angry about that. When I saw him at the bottom of the hill, I said, hey, you need to slow down on paths, buddy. You're gonna kill someone. And then his friend was going by and I go, you too. And they were uh, clearly surprised. That was my business, because I was there. I am not a vigilante. I am not the masked man they call the bat person. I'm not a cop. So this wasn't my fight. But have you seen this? Do you notice this? The problem with politics, business, relationships, is the variance in power. And that the jerks dumpster fire people like Peter, get away with this stuff. I don't want this to be a reason for you to go ape on someone. But I feel that if you were a person who has been abused like this and just taken stuff like this forever, it's going to fester. And I said that in that episode 102. It's going to show up in your skin It's going to show up in your heart. It's going to hurt you. If I was in this situation, I would have done things differently. I'm sharing it with you because it's just one of those human things that blows my mind. There's other situations that are closer to me right now where I did take care of what I needed to, and there were people that were friends like this. But those stories are a tale for another time. This just unfolded before my very eyes. I did my responsibility by telling the authorities, this case the campground hosts, who are gonna take care of it. And I'm not paid, it's not my job, I couldn't do anything. Yes, I wanted to be the sheriff of Mammoth and put people like this in their place, but well, my talents lay elsewhere, maybe with this. I hope this tale helps you. I think it helped me. Just getting it off my chest. Because, as I always say, you guys are incredible listeners. If anyone says you aren't, you tell them to call me. I will not answer the phone, and please don't get my number. But you tell them to yell into the air for Jet, and maybe if I am within the vicinity, I'll come over and I'll talk to him for you. I guess there's one last thing I can do for the world and for you if you're not ready to confront your fears. Here it is. If you're this person who does this, who's like Peter, Stop because the world will find you and you will pay. Karma will find you. You must be a good person. There's too much going on this year in 2020 for us to be a-holes or to put up with them. I'm gonna step down from my soapbox. I probably have to actually parachute off it because it's so high off the ground. I'm out of words. I thank you so much for letting me vent. And, uh, you know, you're beautiful. You're great. you never do this. So continue to be a good person because by being good, you're making this place better. So thank you for that. I'm Jet Dunlap for Psychotherapy, which this episode clearly was, signing off from Mammoth, California at Convict Lake. You don't want to be my neighbor out here. (laughs) Thanks for listening.